With Simon Littlewood's impending visit to the United Kingdom, we figure we'd pick up on the Riabu podcast on a couple of things that have come out of the UK where late payments are concerned. If you uh, quickly glance across the daily papers uh, and others in England and Wales, Simon, it looks like the post-COVID malaise is not going to go away just yet. In fact, while we might have come out of the furnace, so to speak, the next step might work very well be into the fire. The furnace, of course, was the COVID slowdown, mm-hmm. right? Lots of governments, though, mm-hmm. stepped in all around the world, supporting businesses with cash grants, mm-hmm. uh, loans, loan moratoriums, and so on. Now that COVID is largely over, touch wood, thinking of the fourth wave in Western Europe, the fact of the matter is that a lot of companies might no longer have the benefit of those government subsidies but are now going to have to pick up the slack and that's really where the rub is. Some of the stories that you might see around town uh, is uh, stories that 50 billion pounds, what's that in real money, 50 billion pounds worth of um, in euros or in any other sensible currency um, is, is actually tied up in late payments. Most companies, according to this one report uh, from England and Wales, suggests that uh, every, for the average company has at least five overdue invoices. Actually, I'm surprised it's not more than that. Well, it would rather depend on how many invoices you've got. Yes, (laughs) it rather would. (laughs) But 50 billion pounds um, is uh, is obviously a fairly sizable chunk of cash, according to uh, you know, if you if you believe the research. In other research, uh, it looks like insolvencies are up. Here's a rather uh, strong headline. More than 1,400 firms went bust last month in England and Wales. Figures show, reads the Guardian headline. Those uh, 1,400 firms uh, seeing insolvency rates up to one-third compared to about one in seven before. Mm-hmm. So it looks like insolvencies are an issue there. According to the Financial Times, there is even a story which suggests that going insolvent and, and registering for bankruptcy is the only way you can get rid of toxic debt, which according to it shows that about half of UK businesses are carrying such debt, which will presumably never, ever be paid. So, I mean, in general, when you flick through these headlines, Simon, it looks like 2022 is not going to be a year of roses. No, I mean, I think on the positive side, the UK is determined that it has reached the end of COVID. And I use those words advisedly. I just actually have spent the morning uh, with my friend Bill, who's been in the UK for the last three weeks, and he says, COVID's gone. Everyone's behaving in the normal way. There are lots of people in the high street doing their Christmas shopping. No one's wearing a mask and so on and so forth. We always knew that the rate of bankruptcy was likely to go up when government support was withdrawn. And the UK has decided, I mean, partly because the population, as elsewhere in Europe, has just had enough, isn't prepared to be locked up anymore. Um, The population has decided that COVID is over. um, And therefore, the government, of course, is is not paying any more support. Therefore, SMEs that have been hanging on by their fingernails, uh, perhaps carrying over due debt, but rejoicing in the fact that there's government money coming in and finally decided to shut shop um, and go and sit in the garden. And uh, and that's what's happening. At least they have gardens. But I mean, you know, to some extent, when you when you look at the economic scarring, in other words, businesses that are, you know, behind every business is somebody's dream. It's probably somebody's life savings. I mean, to see fourteen hundred of them to to evaporate just in the space of um, a, a couple of weeks um, does suggest that 
you know, it will take some time for new businesses to come up in their place or for those people to find jobs. Most businesses are SMEs. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because if you if you occupy the world, and particularly if you listen to the mainstream media, you could be forgiven for thinking that the industrial and commercial world consists mainly of enormous megaliths, you know, like like Amazon and and uh, and um, and. Um, but they are large and powerful. They're they are large and powerful, companies. but they constitute a minority of employees globally and a minority of, of global GDP. It's it's small companies like the ones that we're talking about that keep the vast majority of people employed. It depends where you are in the world. In parts of Asia, that number is as high as seventy or eighty percent. Um, the concentration is greater in uh, in mature in mature countries. But at the end of the day, SMEs are critical. And um, of course, the thing about SMEs is that we know from previous discussions, Mark, that on average they have only between one month and one and a half months of cash to keep them going. Mm-hmm. That cash would have been long ago used up given the length of time that we've been in COVID. And therefore, we're looking at, absent any further external support, that's it. Yeah? Yes. Um, and and, and that, that's very sad. And it's... Um, it's something that should concern us all, you know, and uh, this despite government efforts to, to help them. And despite the efforts of some technology companies to suggest that it is a technology solution that will solve this arguably very human problem. Well, we live in a world of fake news, don't we? Am I allowed to use that expression? You know, there are, there are lots of widely held beliefs, and you and I don't see completely eye to eye on all of these markets. There are lots of widely held beliefs which simply aren't borne out for the, by the Absolutely. facts. I totally disagree that we should all eat cupcakes for lunch <laughs> every day. I don't know where that theory came from. Yeah. But let's stick to, to technology because so, so the there is a lot of technology solutions providers out there that, that say that, oh, just automate the collections process. Well, we're, not, we're, not, we're not complete Luddites. We're not saying throw technology you know, under the bus because clearly we all depend on technology and clearly there are many useful things that technology can do for you if you're running a company. What technology cannot do is persuade a human being that is determined to pay you late to pay you on time. In fact, you could argue to the contrary because companies that I've seen sprouting up all over the place that do things like automate reminders um, simply have exactly the opposite effect. If, If we go from having the odd polite email saying, oh, you're a bit overdue, can you help me, to having an absolute tsunami of, of automated, uh, equally terse notes. I'm not really seeing the upside here. I'm seeing a very annoyed customer uh, who's still going to pay you at the very last minute. Yeah. In fact, we'll probably pay you later because you chased them with all those automated emails. So, so, so it, you know, we firmly believe that the companies that get paid versus the companies that don't have are very meticulous about the relationship that they engender with their customers and how you manage those relationships. Any solvent customer is paying some suppliers and the main secret of getting paid on time is to ensure that you're one of the suppliers that your solvent customers pay. And you don't do that by deluging them in paper. Um, you know. or, or email paper for that no. matter. So what about this uh, this idea that, you know, because uh, technology seems to be the solution for most other things, that, you know, uh, arguably, you know, if I, if I chase hard enough, then uh, maybe I'll get the customer to pay faster. Well, at what cost? I mean, first of all, 
the world chase you're doing that to provoke me aren't you you know how i react to the word i mean actually we actually yeah. say this in our book remember we say the very <laughs> fact that words like chase are used if you use the word chase already you've given up the notion of being paid on time because chase implies that something's departed and you're running after it right yes what departed was the due date and you're running <laughs> <laughs> you're running after that okay mm -hmm. uh, no good what's needed <laughs> is to have a really good relationship with your customer where in a professional but consistent and firm way you stipulate what the terms of trade are, price, terms of service, payment terms, and get that agreed, and then manage in a gentle, loving way to that agreement. And that means early and constant contact with the customer, not, not dunning him the customer you know you're overdue here's our 78th reminder we're going to come around and paint your door red none of that stuff you know <laughs> uh it's is everything okay you know did, did, did you get what we what, what you ordered was it fine you know it's it's loving the customer it's using intimacy to put the customer in a position where he has no choice but to pay you yes or think badly of himself and crikey, we wouldn't want that. No, definitely, definitely not. So, you know, but the funny thing is, and part of the reason why on occasion you still hear us use the word chase is because there is a surprising number of people who don't believe that this problem can be solved. Right? There are, there is a surprising number of people who say, but Mark, what do you mean don't have to chase? I mean, the fact of the matter is that I have to chase, right? The customer won't pay on time. No. People, people seem to be in this, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, stoic delusion that it's just the way it is and they can't do anything about it. It's suffering. That's what right. it is. Suffering. Uh, well, it doesn't have to be. In the end, but I quite agree that there is a... There is a, you know, prevailing opinion that somehow receivables always have to be pursued late and that the customers will always routinely pay. Late. Well, the answer to that is it's not true. We know it's not true because we've shown many times that we can influence a customer. In fact, this morning I was with um, Bill Padfield, who goes on at length in our book about the work that we did using the virtuous revenue cycle, which is Riabu's patented method of building a relationship with the customer that makes it extremely hard for the customer to pay you late through attention to detail and through service. And it works. At the end of the... No, sorry, at the end of the day. Well, at the end of the day, you know, as we've always said, Mark, and I remember we were going to a, a trade fair and actually using an example of a pile of invoices. At the end of the day, you have a, there are a pile of invoices on a customer's desk. The customer decides which ones to pay based on how much money he's prepared to spend that month. It's a very, assuming he's solvent. If he's not solvent, it's an irrelevant discussion because he's not going to pay anyone. Mm -hmm. How do you ensure that you are one of the invoices that he pays? That's what the question is, which is why we, we call Riabu be first in line to get paid. What it is, is we have put in a book the sum of behaviors and processes which taken together will ensure that you're one of the companies that is first in line to get paid. And it's actually not that hard to define conceptually, but it requires some changes in the way that you think about this. First of all, give up the notion that being paid late is inevitable. Mm -hmm. You know, understand that there you are can do something about it. Because there are companies that get paid on time. How do they do that? Oh, well, that's because they're big and powerful. No, it's not. The correlation between big and powerful companies and getting paid on time has long ago disproved. That correlation doesn't exist. It's how you manage that customer relationship and the processes that support it. So mm. we urge you, because <clears throat> winter is coming, 
Um, we, uh, you know, in many ways. You're not a Game of Thrones fan? Okay, never mind. <laughs> winter is coming. We, we urge you, because winter is coming, to, to ta start taking this seriously. Government support's going away uh, everywhere in the world, pretty much. And this issue of needing to get cash into the business is going to become more and more and more critical to survival for SMEs. Don't throw in the sponge. Please read Let the Cash Flow, written by Mark Cloudy and Simon Littlewood, um, and please do take it seriously. And if you're concerned that you don't understand some of the things that are in there, we, we welcome you to respond to this podcast, challenge us, and we'll give you examples of how you can actually make this live in your enterprise. So nil desperandum, be positive, and remember, you can be first in line to get paid. Yes. Throw in the sponge. Uh, that's, what box, that's what a boxer's um, trainer does when the boxer is given up. Oh, Throws in the throw sponge. In, I thought they throw in the towel. Well, the towel or the sponge. Right. It depends on how sophisticated your boxing world are, I guess. Final question. Yeah. Uh, and and more, more to the point of final mm. statement. You know, about this idea, the, this... Uh, resignation to being paid late, I guess, you know, the, this idea that you can't change it. Just think about your own customers, uh, sorry, your own suppliers and your own payments to those suppliers. Think about the, the invoices that you settle each month. Chances are you do exactly what your customer does. You, you sort your invoices into a pile of must pay and can pay. And in the can pay pile, there is right. So must pay keeping rent. the lights on. Yeah, keeping the lights on. Rent, utility stuff, right? I think and groceries and well, raw raw materials. Mm. But the the can pay pile, chances are you're also sorting through that and making some discretionary decisions, right? Yes. And you probably also know, oh, uh, Jack's invoice. No, 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 I, I got I got to pay Jack. I mm. got to pay Jack. Ask yourself, what does Jack do that makes you say that when you pay your invoices each month? And then then that perhaps opens your eyes to the fact that actually. Yeah, Jack's got it worked out for some reason. I, you know, Jack's got me over a barrel. He's forever uh, getting paid first in line. What is it that he does? And chances are, it's because he does engage with you. And if you don't believe us, there's three lengthy case studies in the book of highly successful executives from companies of totally different sectors and sizes, all the way up from a few million dollar startup to a multi to a multi billion dollar listed company talking about the small things that they did to ensure that they were first in line to get paid. Things which were derived from the model that we shared with them and helped them with be first in line to get paid. So it does work. We can explain to you how it works. We wish you well. Do reach out to us.